How do you finish well with fifth graders? How do you successfully transition the oldest kids in your children's ministry into student ministry so that they are set up to continue to grow as they move into this next season of faith? That's what we're going to be talking about today on the Simple Kid Men Podcast, episode 11. Hey guys, welcome back to the Simple Kid Men Podcast, the podcast where we take the complicated world of children's ministry and boil it down to the things that matter most. I'm your host, Jason Byerly, and today we're going to be talking about how to finish well with the oldest kids in your children's ministry. In my church, that's fifth graders. We're a birth through fifth grade ministry, and we transition kids to student ministry at the end of May. Now, this process has evolved quite a bit for us over the years, and I think this is really one thing our church does very well. So today, I'm going to be telling you about the strategy that we use, how we pull it off, and I'm going to be telling you about one of my favorite family events we do. It's called Fifth Grade Celebration. We launched it at one campus last year, and it was such a success that we're going to be doing it at all of our campuses in 2018 and beyond. It's basically like our baby parent dedication event, but at the other end of the spectrum. Now, I'm going to be talking about that in detail in the last half of this episode, so stick around or fast forward if you need to because you do not want to miss this. As always, you can check out the show notes for this podcast over at simplekidmen.com. Just click on the podcast tab and go to the show notes for episode 11. Hey, before we dive in, just a quick note about the podcast. This episode is dropping on iTunes around the first of the month, and that's the schedule I'm going to be trying to stick to in 2018, releasing full episodes like this one on the first and shorter Kidmin Coffee Break episodes on the 15th of the month. And then when I have time, I'll work in some other Kidmin Coffee Breaks anytime I can. So be sure to look for new episodes on the 1st and the 15th, and you can subscribe on iTunes or subscribe to the Simple Kidmin newsletter over at the blog, simplekidmin.com. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, you're going to get the podcast and the show notes with all the extra links and everything sent straight to your inbox with other fun children's ministry stuff as I have time to create. All right, let's jump in and talk about fifth graders. Now, I really believe one of the most important things we do with our kids in children's ministry is the last thing we do transitioning our oldest kids to middle school or student ministry. This is one of those seasons of life where it would be really easy for a kid to stop coming to church. And if they don't stay plugged in, all of that work that you poured into them from the day they first entered the nursery may not pay off. Now, one of the coolest things for me is to drop in our middle school ministry and see it packed with kids I had in children's ministry years ago. Now, most of those guys and girls are too cool to even acknowledge my presence, but I don't care. It puts a big smile on my face to see them thriving in their faith and excited about their relationship with God and with the kids in their small group and with the church. It's the payoff for all that my team and I have invested in them over the years to see them just take this next leg of the journey excited about their walk with God. So that brings me to the first thing you're going to need to remember to do this well. A student ministry win is a children's ministry win. Now, I don't know what the team dynamics are like at your church, but I know that at some churches, there can be a lot of competition between ministries over who gets the most budget dollars or best space in the church or the most stage time in the adult service or whatever. It's easy to build up silos and become protective of your territory and not value other ministries. But in that competition, everyone loses. Children's ministry loses, 
student ministry loses, and worst of all, the kids lose. So we have to have a rock-solid relationship to our student ministry if we want to see kids continue to thrive in their faith. That means we champion them, cheerlead them, speak well of them to parents and to other leaders, and have a bunch of intentional conversations when it comes to transitioning kids up. So what does that look like? Well, for my church, here's a few things we typically do. At the beginning of the year, we begin promoting summer trips for middle school. Our church attends a big conference called CIY in early summer, and we promote that in our third to fifth grade environment for those fifth graders who will be moving up. And we just do anything student ministry asks us to do. We pass out postcards, show promotional videos, talk it up from the stage, tell parents about it, whatever we can do, because we want to see as many kids as possible be excited about taking this trip so that they will get plugged in really fast to student ministry. Now, in May, we typically invite middle school staff to come and be a part of the large group program in third through fifth grade. And then during our small group time, typically a leader or staff from the student ministry will take our fifth graders and just hang out with them and tell them about some of the cool transition events they have coming up in May and June for new sixth graders. Sometimes they'll even take kids and show them the middle school space and get them hyped up and let them know what to expect. Our student ministry also hosts a sneak preview night in late April or early May where fifth graders and their parents are encouraged to come and check out the middle school program for the very first time. Whenever possible, we try to have some children's staff there as well so kids and parents have a familiar face. We also frequently have children's staff go to CIY, the student ministry summer trip. Now, because registration for this conference happens in the spring, many of the parents in our ministry haven't yet had the opportunity to get to know our student ministry team. So having a children's ministry staff member on that trip, it gives parents and kids the peace of mind that someone they already know and trust is going to be there at the event. And that's a great incentive for them if they're wavering whether or not to register for the trip. Now, the final thing we do to help our fifth graders have a great transition is to encourage children's leaders to move up when appropriate. I believe there are some children's leaders who are called to a certain age group. For instance, we have some amazing leaders on our preschool team who have been serving kids there for over 20 years. This is clearly their sweet spot. I would never ask them to move out of that age group. That would be ridiculous. However, there are other leaders who aren't necessarily called to a particular age group but called to a particular group of kids. And we encourage those leaders to move up as the kids they're investing in promote to the next grade. We had one guy who started with a group of third grade boys and stuck with them as their small group leader all the way through high school. We had another young lady who went with her girls from preschool through middle school. Now, not everyone is uniquely gifted to minister to kids at different ages and stages like that, but the ones that can pull it off have so much relational capital built up with their kids and parents that they're practically like family. Of course, on the flip side of that, there may be some leaders who our student ministry team doesn't think would be a great fit for them. So we have to work hand in hand to steer leaders in the best direction. Okay, so far we've talked about all the things we can do to ramp up to transitioning our fifth graders into sixth grade at the end of the school year. But my favorite thing we do is a special experience for families called fifth grade celebration. This is one of what I think of as our two bookend events for children's ministry. We have our rooted parent dedication event when a child is first born and then fifth grade celebration to make sure we finish well with the same families 11 years later. Now, if you want to learn more about how we do parent dedication, you can go back to episode five of this podcast and learn all about that. But this is the other end of the story. This is the end of our journey with families, and Rooted is the beginning. 
Now, fifth grade celebration is a family experience, so we promote it with parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, anyone who wants to celebrate their fifth grader and set them up for a great next season of following Jesus. Because here's the thing, children's ministers, we are not going to middle school with these kids, so we need to make sure their community of family and friends are engaged and empowered to help them in their spiritual growth for years to come. I mean, we all know that families have way more influence than we do on kids, which is God's design and absolutely the best way of doing discipleship. So we always need to slant the floor of discipleship towards helping families to grow together and to take ourselves out of the equation. Now, fifth grade celebration is also a key experience for us to introduce our student ministry staff to families and officially pass that baton, like kind of in a big public setting. Just a reminder, you can find pictures of everything I'm about to talk about, fifth grade celebration over at the Simple Kidman blog, simplekidman.com. Go to the show notes, click on episode 11. So if you want to see some of these things for yourself, I know picture truly is worth a thousand words. So here we go. Let's dive right in. At fifth grade celebration, we focus on the past, present, and future. We encourage families to look back on the last 11 or 12 years of their child's life and celebrate all the times when God showed up and moved in some way in their family. Then we look at who the fifth grader is right now. We affirm their identity in Christ. And finally, we look to the future and pray over this next season of faith. We hold fifth grade celebration the first Sunday of May, the Sunday before Mother's Day. This puts us as close to the end of the school year as possible without getting into the busyness of all that families have going on in May. And for most of our campuses, we're going to host this event right after church around one o'clock. Now, a couple of months before we do fifth grade celebration, we begin promoting it with families, get them a save the date card and send them some pre-work to do, much like we do for our rooted parent dedication service. However, we know that families of fifth graders may be a little bit busier, so the pre-work is helpful, but it isn't required. They can do the activities at the live event as a family. They just won't be able to go as deep with it. Now, part of this pre-work includes sitting down with kids and parents and talking as a family about the times God has shown up in the child's life and who God has revealed himself to be to that fifth grader in those moments, maybe savior, comforter, protector, provider, and so on. We also give families an activity to explore a child's identity in Christ and to choose those biblical identity words that are most meaningful to the fifth grader. And we help parents write on a prayer that they'll actually pray over their child at the event, just like they did back at our Rooted Parent Dedication experience. Also, we encourage families to reach out to significant people in the child's life, and we ask them to write letters that affirm the fifth grader and their kingdom potential and present those letters as a gift at fifth grade celebration or maybe right after the service. So you can see that the pre-work really is super valuable, but we also um, do make it possible for parents to do a lot of these things at the actual live event, even if they haven't done the pre-stuff. Okay, let's get on to the live event. Now, the whole event itself has a party atmosphere. We set up an ice cream sundae bar with all the toppings, have fun music playing as families arrive. There's a photo booth, crazy props, so families can take silly pictures together. The tables are set with colorful tablecloths and centerpieces that all communicate the party theme. We also ask parents to send us two pictures ahead of time, a baby picture and a current picture, and we have those playing as a slideshow before the program begins. Also, the teaching area is set with three signposts that we use for the different activities uh, during the event. One says past, one says present, and the other says future. 
So here's the order of service. We kick things off with a fun game called Time Machine to set up this idea of past, present, and future. We bring up three boys to compete against three girls, and they each have to bring up a grown-up from their family to be on their team. So it could be a mom and a son, or a grandfather and granddaughter, or father, son, whatever. Basically, they line up on either side of a stool with a bell on it, and we show them pictures of an object from either the past, present, or future, and whoever is the first to ring in and correctly identify it gets points for their team. Now, some of the pictures are things like a stagecoach, a flying car, a current iPhone, all things that are obviously going to land in the category of past, present, or future. So whoever can ring in and give us the right answer gets the points for their team. At the end of the game, we give away some ice cream gift cards for everybody who played, and it's just a big fun moment to kick things off and introduce kind of the theme for the day. Then we move on to our first serious activity, which we just call God Is. This is part of the pre-work, but families can also do this at the event. We give them some post-it notes to write down who God has revealed himself to be in their family's life over the past 11 years. They may think about the time their fifth grader broke her arm and God was her healer, or the time that dad lost his job and money was tight and God was their provider, or the day the child started a new school and didn't know anyone and God was their friend. So they write these names of God down, and we then invite fifth graders to come up and stick them on the sign in the teaching area that's labeled past while we play the Chris Tomlin song, Good, Good Father. And this is just a time to really just thank God for what he's done and praise God for who he is and just to kind of reaffirm that, wow, God has been so faithful and good to our family. Next, we move on to an activity we call Hello, My Name Is. And this is where we talk about the present, a child's identity. We have a bunch of Hello, My Name Is name badges, stickers out on the table. We put up a one-minute timer, and we give parents one minute to write as many positive words as they can think of to describe their fifth grader on the name tags. And as soon as they write it down, they're supposed to stick the name tag on their child. So the idea is by the end of this minute, each fifth grader is plastered with words of affirmation. It's super fun, super powerful, and just this great moment for families to just lift up this fifth grader. We also have a list on the table of identity in Christ words from the Bible. And while the child is being covered with affirmation stickers, they are supposed to choose their favorite identity in Christ words and write them down on their own Hello, my name is Tags. And once the activity is done, we encourage families to get out their phones, take a picture of their child covered in these positive words. But then we remind kids that as great as all of those notes are, what God says about them is the most important thing about them. So we have them come up on stage and stick their favorite identity in Christ words on the sign that says present. And we play the song, Hello, my name is by Matthew West. And it's just an awesome, powerful reminder of who this child is in Christ right now in this moment. We also encourage families to keep those positive name tags that they put on their child just as a great reminder for the kids of just how special they are. A great thing to be able to pull out maybe on a day that they're not feeling so great about themselves in those challenging middle school years. Next, we go into a short teaching time, just telling the story of David preparing to fight Goliath. And the key verse we hone in on is what David said to Saul before the battle in 1 Samuel 17, 37 in the NIV. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. In other words, the God of the past is the God of the present and the God of the future. 
We want families to remember that the God who was faithful to them over the past 11 years is going to be faithful as their child transitions into middle school, high school, and beyond. And really, we're trying to alleviate the anxiety of the parent just as much as we are about the child and get them excited about the potential and the plans that God has for their child in the future. Now, after the teaching time, we invite families to circle up around their fifth grader and pray over this next season as they transition into middle school. It's such an awesome moment to watch these families huddle up around praying over their fifth grader for their future. And then we have two final elements to close things out. The student pastor for our campus comes up and officially welcomes families into student ministry, tells them how excited he is to continue this journey with them, and then prays for the whole group. We keep it short and sweet. We really just want them to have a name and a face and kind of that moment of passing the baton. Then we build up to the big moment at the very end where we do a countdown to celebrate our fifth graders. Now remember, this is a celebration. It is a party. So our goal in this final moment is to create this really fun New Year's Eve Times Square kind of vibe. And here's how we set it up. This is exactly what the script says for the host. Well, here we are, the moment you've all been waiting for, the big moment to celebrate your fifth grader and all that God has done and is doing in their life as they officially move into student ministry. It's taken about 11 years, 132 months, over 4,000 days, 96,000 hours, and almost 6 million minutes of parenting, praying, and partnering together. Everyone stand up right now and gather around your fifth grader. We're going to put a countdown up on the screen, and at the end of that time, I want you to go crazy, high-fiving, hugging, hooping, hollering, and celebrating your fifth grader in this special moment. Let's count it down together. And then a video countdown comes up on the screen. And at the end of it, at zero, we blast the room with confetti and play party music as everyone goes crazy cheering on their fifth grader. And then we dismiss and send families out and we're done. It's so much fun. I love fifth grade celebration because it's our last touch with a family after 11 years of journeying together. Now, before fifth grade celebration, we honestly ended that journey kind of with a whimper as the school year tapered off and fifth graders moved out. But now we get to end it with a celebration and a bang. We went through this experience with my daughter last year as she moved into middle school, and it was awesome. It was so meaningful for us and for her. Just a great way to mark that milestone and give God the glory he deserves for bringing us this far. We even had one family, great friends of ours, who had gone through parent dedication with us 11 years earlier when our daughters were infants. So how cool to finish this season out together as both of our kids moved into middle school. Our families had been through a lot together, prayed for each other a lot, and it was just awesome to celebrate how good God had been to us. Now, here's the thing. You could host a similar experience to fifth grade celebration at your church with all the bells and whistles, Or really, you could keep it very, very simple. Just get families together to celebrate what God's done in the past, affirm who kids are in the present, and pray over their future. And that can be as simple or as involved as you want to make it. Speaking of simple, our simple takeaway today is finish well with fifth graders. And of course, that applies to whoever the oldest grade is in your ministry. Maybe it's fourth graders or sixth graders or whatever. Our Bible verse today is Psalm 7711 in the NIV, and it says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. It's an awesome thing and an appropriate thing for us as believers to stop in moments like this and to look back and to thank God for all of his goodness in the lives of our families, in the lives of our kids, and how he's worked through children's ministry. It's a lot of fun. 
Guys, thanks for listening today. I really appreciate you taking time to hang out with me. And I hope this encourages you to finish well with your fifth graders, whatever that looks like in your church context. So keep on serving families and have a great week in children's ministry. We'll give our